Hello, and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer, not just for Louisiana, but for the entire northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. All right, welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. I'm Coach Alan Derritter. I'm the head soccer coach for the boys' team at De La Salle High School and also the director of coaching at Soccer Innovations and Plantation Athletic Club. And we welcome you to this night's episode of Monday Night Football. We always start off our show with a prayer, and that's why we've been on the air almost seven years. And Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear God, thanks for letting us be here. And thank you for letting us have this show. I thank you for this interview with Coach Esker. And I pray that uh, not only this uh, interview be blessed, but that the uh, – uh, AGM coming up this Saturday and Sunday can also be blessed in many ways because of this. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. Well, this week is important to us in the soccer world because we all get together. Okay. Uh, we, we're going to get together at uh, the airport um, and we're going to have a two day meeting. Half of the meetings are going to be instructive coaches, parents, administrators. They get to. Uh, actually bounce off ideas, what worked, what didn't work, when could we schedule games, when could we schedule tournaments so that we're all symbiotic instead of confrontational. Because we really have one goal in mind, you know, just to bring soccer to everybody. Without all of us working together, then it's not going to happen. And uh, this, is a, this is a great weekend. I've gone to it so many times before. Uh, our president right now is Coach Sean Esker, He's a very professional man really good at what he does, and he's really good at honestly helping Louisiana stand out as opposed to just exist, okay? Um, um, he's on the cutting edge with U.S. soccer, and I can't think of a better person to be taking that job. We're going to interview him after the break, and he's got a lot to say about this this next meeting, but I think what I, what I think is notable is this meeting – doesn't have a lot of the stress that the past meetings have had. In the in the past, especially 20 years ago, uh, I mean, we would come on Sunday and hash it out and, and argue and fight and and just evolve. He's gotten everything to the point where everything is running smooth. And if it's not running smooth, he gets it fixed quickly and he listens to all of us. Uh, that's why he's on the show today. I really appreciate his time being on the show tonight, and uh, uh, we all we owe him a lot of gratitude in Louisiana soccer, anyhow, for just keeping this this ship stable while the storm of U.S. soccer is raging uh, throughout our country, where we have no coaching director or uh, any really clear sign of who's going to be our men's national team coach as of yet, and because that really has a high effect, it has a trickle down effect. To all of us down here, what he or she wants to implement as our coaching curriculum usually uh, falls in suit uh, with the clubs and high schools. So we're all waiting, waiting with bated breath as to how the U.S. soccer scene is going to settle down. But as we're doing that, we're not going to shut up uh, our business and uh, fold up our tents. We're going, we're going right to work. Most of us start games in two weeks, so uh, we're we're going to be hard at it and. Uh, all of this doesn't happen by accident. It's well, well organized and very well planned. Okay? That's probably why I'm not in charge of anything. 
<laughs> I'm good at the coaching part, but the other stuff is just as important. Without the administrative wing, uh, the games don't happen, and the games have to be paid for by referee. You know, referees need to get paid. Facilities need to get running out. Uh, all the logistics of a soccer game will blow your mind uh, if you were really responsible for them. All you are listening right now who are responsible for the logistics, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Hours and hours of work that is really uh, thankless and but necessary. So we're going to break for a second, uh, and then when we come back, we're going to talk to Coach Sean Esker and hear what he has to say about the annual general meeting on Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We'll see you after the break. It's no ordinary sports show. Candid conversation. We've got it all. Must have guests. Significant Louisiana sports figures. Serious knowledge. Post-game breakdowns, trivia, historical flashbacks, and my editorials. That'll make even the most diehard sports fans go wow. From the one guy who's always in the zone. It's what happens when you've been around Louisiana sports this long. The WGNO Sports Zone, Wednesdays at 1015. Hello, this is Coach Alan DeRitter, and I want to invite all of you to take a closer look at De La Salle High School in New Orleans. De La Salle is a dynamic, inclusive community committed to academic excellence by evidence with our classrooms of the future, and of course, our commitment to athletics is second to none. Come take a look at DeLaSalleNOLA.com and schedule your spend a day today. That's DeLaSalleNOLA.com. Hello, everybody, and we're with the president of the Louisiana Soccer Association and the head uh, girls uh, coach at Mandeville High School, Coach Sean Esker. Coach, welcome to the game to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Okay, so our AGM is going to be coming up uh, this weekend, and uh, what what is it that is going to go on with this AGM? What, why is it important for all of us, especially the people who are heavily involved in our clubs, to go to it? Well, the AGM gives us a chance to come together as a soccer community without the element of competition involved. We're, we're there to discuss um, developments in the game, other things uh, that have come up, and it's a good chance to, right, to sort of network and share some best practices as well. Some of the more productive things sometimes that happen in AGM are the side conversations where people who don't always have time to talk with each other about what this club is doing or how this club is helping improve services or bringing new members into the game. Uh, they can share that <clears throat> with each other, either formally or informally. And then we also have um, some good sessions uh, for clubs on helping with registration, helping with financial practices and accounting. Um, and all that leads up to the state the youth and the adult council meetings on Sunday, where they get a chance to vote on, policy modifications, um, and again, have their voice heard um, by the executive committee for LSA, as well as um, the others in attendance. And I think what you said uh, really is a, is a good point, is that you you got a chance to be heard, everybody. Uh, I've never gone to an AGM where I felt like I was I – was not listened to and we even have a part of the uh the uh, 
the meeting that says for the good of the game where people can just vent if they need to or come up with good ideas. And and uh, that's one thing I think everybody needs to understand that especially with you running this organization, you know, everybody's voice is heard, you know, and uh, I think it's always a mistake when people don't come. What uh, what is there anything on the ballot this this AGM that we're going to be voting on that that's really out of the ordinary? No, there's nothing really out of the ordinary. Um, a lot of it is these modifications that come with with learning experiences and uh, updating, you know, tweaking some things. Um, the biggest education element, as well as change to policies, they will have, and this is where you know it's come down nationally is regarding the, the law that was passed by Congress back in February, um, expanding the accountability and responsibilities of adults uh, working with youth as far as being mandatory reporters. Yes. And so we have a policy that will come into play, um, which the policy itself won't be terribly controversial. It will obviously pass, but it's making sure that the clubs and their representatives there then pass on to the representatives who are back home and understanding the, the legal requirements that people working in schools, for example, have had forever about being mandatory reporters of um, suspected um, problems with sexual abuse or something like that. Um, now that extends to people working with youth in organized sports activities like soccer through LSA and so forth. So it's important that our members know and, and know to expect to receive that from their club representatives. And if they don't, um, they probably should be able to ask a question and say, well, when are you going to provide us some information to explain what exactly my role is as a head coach, as an assistant coach, um, whatever, with regard to um, complying with the law. And of course, the whole thing with complying with the law is that we're trying to make sure that it's another layer of safety um, and protection for the kids playing in the game. Um, I think most people likely would have been inclined to potentially say something before the law, but now you know, they're going to be compelled to do that. And so it's important to understand the nature of that and the importance of making sure that the clubs do the due diligence. Uh, LSA includes a background check on any adult working with youth in our existing fees. We don't charge a separate fee for that, um, but we can only do background checks on the people the clubs submit. Yes. So it's important that we also make sure that the clubs know that they really need to submit your head coach and assistant coach or somebody like that who will be interacting with youth players in some way, shape, or form, a level of authority that you know we need you to submit the background check um, name for us, and then we turn that around as, as quickly as we're able to. But just those kind of things, and that background check thing, that's a reinforcement of something we already do, but it will go well with that topic at this um, AGM uh, in making sure that um, – Everybody knows, you know, some responsibilities, things, some I's to dot and, and T's to cross. Is there going to be any kind of online course or uh, curriculum that's going to be handed down by LSA to the clubs? There is 
a couple of different providers that provide some education to that, and they'll get that kind of information, that kind of link um, distributed to the, the clubs. We'll talk about that there and um, such again about recognizing certain things, the kind of stuff that you would expect to say, hey, look, this is a recognizing warning signs, but also again, recognizing and understanding your role as a mandatory reporter. I tell you what, uh, since you're in a high school, I know you know this. uh, At the high school realm, it's just amazing how we kind of take the LSA for granted um, because LSA is organized and it's it's unlike any other sports um, authority in Louisiana. There's so many just uh, associations for basketball, for baseball, especially baseball, and for football. And and here, every we're centralized. Everybody has a voice and one place to go, and I think that we're way ahead of the curve when it comes to other sports. Not saying I'm competing with them, but at the same token, I think soccer's always been ahead of the uh, the, uh, the game in that regard. Yeah, well, thank you. And as you know, the challenge with that is always trying to make sure that you're staying um, ahead of the curve. So we try to we try to do that to stay on top of um, national trends and, and regional trends while still understanding our responsibility to stay local and be the local association for clubs wherever wherever they are throughout the state. Awesome. Before I uh, go on to rule changes, let's talk about one that has uh, pretty much been accepted throughout LSA is the uh, the youth not using their heads. Okay, uh, is are you still getting grief about that, or are people pretty much on board with no heading the ball? Uh, well, there's always the grief element to it because people will look at it from a different. Um, from different perspectives, they'll approach it from different perspectives. And, you know, the, the challenge for that, as I had to say, when we had to explain that coming down from the nationals is, you know, you can't argue the science of the, the rule that U.S. soccer put down because it wasn't specifically based in science. It was based out of a settlement for a lawsuit. And so, therefore, when someone comes and says, well, look at this data, look at that data, um, me or anybody else can say, well, yes, sure. If you can get U.S. soccer and interested parties to buy into that, then they'll change their, their recommendation. But I don't think that um, I don't think it's been disastrous that we have kids not heading the ball. Uh, there's just some people who will um, still believe that it needs to be part of the game. But you know, again, realistically speaking, I'm not sure how much of a part of the game it was for those younger kids anyway. They have a hard enough time tracking the ball in the air um, at certain ages to begin with, much less tracking the ball with the air and using their head to redirect the ball. Most heading that I can recall seeing at some of those really young age groups were obviously incidental and not, <laughs> yes. <laughs> not, not a planned tactic. I don't know there were a whole lot of UAs doing heading sessions. But, um, no. Re- readjusted their crossing and finishing game. Do we have any data as to whether or not uh, concussions are going down in Louisiana compared to the rest uh, of the no, country? No, we, okay. we don't. Um, yeah, I think, if anything, realistically speaking, though, my guess would be that you're going to see the reported numbers of concussions actually trending upwards because people are so much more aware of that. Yeah. Um, you know, if you look at this, there's where the data could be misleading. And, and someone could say, well, see, this isn't really protecting people. And you can't, it's a totally different comparison because, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, someone getting struck in the head or their head hitting the ground or whatever might have simply been, okay, all right, you're not bleeding. 
day, go get a sip of water and, and you're good to go. Yeah. Whereas now we have, it's much more accepted to say, hold the player out. And then it's much more accepted for that player and his or her parent guardian, whomever to say, I got to go get this checked out. Whereas, and then they'll get diagnosed with a concussion. So then you'll have what seems like more concussions. You're just simply probably having fewer of them sneak up on people to where you're not as likely to go to see a doctor and have the doctor say, well, it's clearly not your first concussion. Right. Um, whereas I guess that would have been the case before, you know, people would have gone in and. I remember uh, back when alone. you played, even if you had a concussion, the coach might still tell you to suck it up and go on the field, you know? And uh, that- I would have ventured that that would have been very common practice back then. Like I said, no, no blood. Okay, then, you know, get back in there because this is a big deal. Whereas now, you know, that's, that's just not there's, – there's fewer and fewer people who are going to ignore um, any potential head injury uh, for the sake of one particular game, whether it's a coach on the sideline or a parent. And the kids are more aware, too. We'll, uh, we'll have people on the field saying, you know, Coach, I don't know if you saw that, but, you know, she really got hit in the head on that last one. Um, really hard, and so the, the kids are sensitive to that, I think, as well, at the older age groups, so they might um, be more likely to, to be helpful in making sure that people are aware of who needs to come off and who doesn't. And uh, one group I don't want to leave out is the referees. I think they've been doing an outstanding job of all the games I've seen in the last two years, uh, even the younger ones, you know, of knowing that it's their responsibility to not let a kid stay on the field if they think that they have a concussion. I think it's been outstanding this year and last year. Yeah, the, the referees have definitely, um, if anything, I think they, their um, role seems to have been that they're making sure that the players are moved from competition and then letting the people on the sidelines who are empowered to make that um, decision regarding return to competition, um, you know, make that decision. And that was one of the things we talked about with the, with the, the referees. Cause of course they were concerned like anybody else when things come down and you hear about lawsuits and that stuff. Um, and they were concerned about their, their liability. And it's like, you know, look, just behave like a reasonable person would in that situation. If I, as a coach don't see my player, get struck with the ball in the head or hit the ground. Um, there's no reason to believe that a referee necessarily would have either. So I think some of them were almost too worried about well, what if this player doesn't come off? And I'm like, well, you, know, you can only do so much what a reasonable person can do. It's the, the obvious ones where, you know, we, we laughed about this in regionals when you're watching the world cup and it was Morocco playing, uh, I forget which Moroccan game it was, but the guy from Morocco clearly sustained a head injury. And they're spraying water in his face and slapping him on the, the cheek. <laughs> and he was so like, okay, wow, that's a nice throwback. And, um, yeah, I think we're, we're past that. Those were adults, obviously. So that's yeah. a different story. Of, of, um, and the Moroccan Federation is responsible for their adults and all that good stuff. But I, I'm getting a good laugh out of that thing. I can't believe I've actually seen this in 2018 where people are attending to a head injury with a spray bottle and an open palm. Unbelievable. Uh, I'm, I'm not aware. I'm not aware that we use that in Louisiana or any of our <laughs> neighboring states. Um, anytime at all. No, I've I've not seen that. <laughs> well, look. Do we have any rule changes coming up from uh, U.S. soccer to the youth game? No. Um, realistically speaking, there's the only. It's not really a rule change. Uh, as far as the game is being played, they're they're sticking with what the recent modifications have been um, in terms of the small sided games and. 
um, and such. You know, as you know, the U.S. is in a um, a bit of a, a transition period, uh, transitioning still from the era of Klinsman as national team coach and technical director. Um, U.S. at the national level still does not have a permanent men's national team coach, and the whole World Cup bid was really taking up a lot of their time and attention. Um, if there's anything that's changed, the coaching education department has unveiled their latest change to the coaching education structure. So now they're, I know this year they've unveiled what they call the grassroots coaching diplomas that are designed specifically for people coaching certain age groups, 4v4, uh, all the way up to 9v9 before they get into um, the traditional, what I always call the alphabet soup of coaching um, licenses. So they're still working through that and delivering things that are more likely you can get a 4v4 diploma as opposed to, you know, we're used to, to letters and saying you have your F, you have your E. Yes. Now they're talking about if you have a 77 diploma yet, your next progression will be to take the 99 diploma. And so they've, they've unveiled that this year. And um, hopefully, uh, from our perspective, we'll finally get some consistency with the coaching education that's being delivered. Uh, it certainly has not been poor in terms of quality, but they've been tweaking the licenses and the licensing structures for the past several years. It would it will be nice to hopefully have some level of consistency there, where they finally settle in on this is the model that that they're um, that they're going to use. But I don't um, I don't know if they're there yet. This is just, they're letting this one go, and we'll see how long this model this model lasts. But as far as actual Rule changes and so forth um, should be a relatively quiet year. Awesome. Well, Coach, I appreciate you coming on the show. I know you're a busy man, and uh, and that's what this show is for, to get, give everybody a chance to hear uh, the, the, the movers and shakers in the game. You're definitely one of the big ones, and I thank you for your time. All right. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. God bless you and your family. Take care. All right. Thank you.